Hello, hello, and welcome back to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacey Fleece, here with Samantha Tredelia. Samantha, how are you? God, I'm back from traveling the skies of America, and I am here for it today. It's always a special treat when you get to fly on, I guess we're not quite in summer travel season yet, but we're certainly leading to it. And it seems like um, a lot of the a lot of the airlines have cut back on on numbers of flights, so they're all super full, and that's a special treat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, it's travel. Travel is travel is tough right now. Although we did get to go someplace fun, so I'm not complaining. Um, sure. But it is uh, it's it's got its own challenges right now. I agree. I agree. And what a better person to chat about this discussion with than our girl, Jessica. Jessica, who has been in the travel industry for over 22 years, working for a major airline. And uh, I'm sure, Jessica, you've got more stories than you could possibly share in a two-day podcast. So we're (laughs) going to try to hit hit the highlights in the 30 minutes. How are you? I'm great. I am uh, have enjoyed a few days off. So what's wonderful about our job is when we have a day off, you walk off that airplane and you close the door behind you. So I'll try to pull up some fun stories for you, but definitely, as you said, the good, the bad, and the ugly are out there. And, you know, you, you try to find the good apples and ignore the bad apples, but the bad apples make for the fun stories. Yeah. I mean, squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they say, but you, You've been in this industry a long time and you certainly have seen not only the the cyclical moves that are typical with any industry, but you have lived through two major events that have had huge impact on our travel industry, that being 9-11 early in your career and of course now COVID for the last couple of years. So um, you've seen some serious changes over the course of time. Tell me, uh, tell me, what it was like when you first started versus what is it like now? I'm actually second generation flight attendant. My mom did it for 40 years. So oh, I that's have the some, coolest. So I have some history that goes back even to the 60s. And as you said, absolutely things have changed and the airlines changed through deregulation as well. Um, with the rules and the laws and protests and when you're allowed to go to strike and when you're not allowed to go to strike because it is such the backbone of the country having the airlines, Um, the types of people going from dressing up in their Sunday's best to basically I see people with their flip-flops and if you're lucky, but now even slippers. Oh, Um, the the fashion choices (laughs) for travel on an airline these days is, um, it feels to me like it is really scraping the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. When I used to travel with my mom as a little girl, we were dressed to the nines with the headbands and the the cotton tights and the little Sunday dresses. And now you can actually dress um, when you're not working technically in jeans and t-shirts. And I still dress more business attire out of respect, but yeah, you, you see the full spectrum has changed over the years, but um, I think officially a dress code on airlines. Cause you hear about people getting kicked off for, you know, like a, a shirt that says something shitty or um, somebody who needs to cover up or your um, boobs can you hanging your up yeah. <laughs> the booms or the butt cheeks. Boobs. Yes. I see a lot of butt cheeks that I don't want to see. Oh, Unfortunately, on. there is an actual book, but it's still considered a gray area out of what people consider tasteful. 
and um, what people consider what if you're being respectful of their choices is the gray area, unfortunately. But there is some backbone to some managers where enough is enough. Right. But I also feel that like everyone's had a, a two year vacation from traveling and now they're all starting. And it's almost like people have forgotten how to behave out there, you know, in the wild. Um, Fleece and I were just recently in Kentucky and we went to the Derby and we saw everything and then some. And one of my favorite things that I continue to see over and over again, which I'm sure you're seeing all the time, Jessica, on the plane is the FaceTime without the earbuds. So I'm on a FaceTime call. Somebody make it stop. And so is everyone else. And I got to be honest, I don't want to hear your kid talking at all, ever. Um, And I think that people have just completely lost space with the fact that there are other people around that we need to be aware of. Are you finding that to be the same on your day to day? Oh, that is 100% one of our biggest pet peeves. I actually uh, did a list on my website with my, my friends and coworkers of different airlines. And that was one of the top ones of the pet peeves that came back was earbuds. And then because, and then the air, the airlines, which they give us are the old fashioned ones, not the double prong, but the single prong, not the lightning style. And they look at it and they go, what what am I supposed to do with this? And it's like, well, you're a grown adult. Why didn't you bring earphones? Like, please mute it or turn the volume down. He'll think that the parents like give the kid the iPad mini or whatever and turn a movie on and have it on like full volume for the kid. I guess maybe they don't want their kid in. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Stacy. It's not the children. It's the adults that are yeah. listening to TikTok and they're not even watching it. They're holding it up to their ear full volume. So you can hear it three rows front and back. And Who you try to, you try to do it polite as possible. Our job is to bring down the situation, but there comes a time where you just have to be blunt and pass the common courtesy. Yeah, sir. We're going to need you to turn that off. Now, do you find that your job now more is, is, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but are are people super on edge? Like when they travel, because I always notice that people are just very pissy, pissy pants when things don't go their way, or there's a late flight or, you know, they're the only one that's inconvenienced. Are you finding that you have to diffuse many? That's, that's just part of the job. That's where it's always been. It's just, they lose track that we're there for safety and for medical And they think of us as glorified babysitters. Mm -hmm. I don't find it to be more or less since 9-11 and COVID, but I do find that the way people respond to us trying to delegate the rules and common courtesy is less um, respectful and willing to change their manners to what is acceptable behavior. And that's the hard part. Which stinks. I I don't know why anyone has to... I mean, shouldn't we all have manners that are acceptable behavior? Like that last statement's killing me because it seems to me that anyone that wasn't raised with by wolves would have appropriate manners. But it, it is amazing. The, um, the enti- there's a lot of entitlement out there, I find. Um, and it seems to uh, rear its head in travel situations. I find it to be more on the far coast of the country. Yeah. I mean, where we the- are? The flyover states, Missouri, um, I don't know, Oklahoma, believe it or not, Kentucky, Kentucky, you walk down the aisle after having to brief the safety demo and you tell them about seat backs, tray tables, just kind of goes along with the flow of 
you know, getting ready for takeoff, you usually don't have to say anything to anybody to remind them they've been told to bring their seat back up. They do. I might have to tell one person and it's because they weren't paying attention, but in, I'd say out of San Francisco and, um, other parts of the deep South coast, uh, on the East coast, they wait for you to walk through to tell them. And it's, it's always been, come on, you know, exactly what you're supposed to do. Why do I have to babysit you, you 40, 50 year old man and woman (laughs) or they, (laughs) it's a lot, it's a lot. And it's, it's, it's stressful. And I think it, we can all kind of, one of the takeaways I wanted to have today, or what are some of the things that we can do to make the skies an easier, you know, place for the uh, stewardess and is it stewardess and steward? What's the male steward? So it's all, it's been a flight attendant since the sixties because that's when it started off. You had to be nurses and women under a certain age, no marriage, no children. And then when very specific, yeah. And then when airlines hired stewards from cruise ships, then it became flight attendants to be an umbrella of all uh, work people on the airplane. History lesson. Yes. In fact, that's why my mom is so close to her friends because as they grew up, they became uh, wives at the same time. And then they became parents around the same time because the rules changed for that. Yeah. Allowed to have children. Yeah. So things just changed over time all at the same time all the different airlines. For the I don't think part. I've ever seen a pregnant flight attendant. Can you be pregnant and be a flight attendant? I was. I, I don't, I, it's, I've never, it's kind of like never seeing a baby pigeon. It's sort of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that cracks me up. <laughs> That's actually a really good place. That's good. Yeah, so preg- the- pregnancy in me didn't go very well with flying. So I, oh, I tried I- it with my first pregnancy and, and I stopped pretty early and that was enough. But other women, they carry it all the way through and God bless yeah. them because it was not for me. Oh my gosh. I think it'd be so tough. So Jessica, what is the psychoest thing that you've ever seen up there in the air? Like what um, is just the, just dear you know, God. The problem is a lot of drug use right now. No, um, seriously. A lot of drug use. On planes? Like what kind of drugs uh, are they doing? Come well, on. Well, again, we also do things like medical and safety issues. And I had a passenger not too long ago within the last two years that I found completely incoherent and <gasps> eyes rolled back and foaming at the mouth from fentanyl. Oh my God. And um, that's one of those things where you never have a passenger technically pass away on an airplane. Um, they're just an apparent death. And we did our best to keep her alive. And I don't, you never, that's another thing is that we do our everything to keep someone alive and you just don't know what the actual outcome is at the end. So People forget that, but back to the funny story, that's kind of a downer. Sorry, but those, those are real reasons why we are on the airplane. I just didn't even Um, know that actually happened. I mean, I didn't know people did that on airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of, uh, parties happen down in Miami. And so Mm -hmm. when you're flying out of Miami or New York, uh, party, party people that are in their twenties and they're learning, they often come on board and they get up and they've taken some pills and they get a little dizzy and then it's like timber and they fall down in the aisle. So we get our oxygen and we get our orange juice out and we bring them back and take care of oh them. My and gosh. It's, it gets to a point sometimes during those seasons, like the summer, like you touched base on where as soon as you have one, you're like, okay, we're good for the rest of the flight. That was the medical. <laughs> 
you have, you kind of have to have a lighthearted about it because you realize it's going to happen. But during COVID I had, it was a five and a half hour flight and I had maybe 18 passengers is all. And I swear you could walk through the cabin and get high off just they reeked of marijuana. Oh my God. <laughs> I, even, I even called my supervisor and I'm like, I don't do drugs, but if anything comes back, I just want you to know we need to raise the price of tickets. This is out of control. So they were smoking and, weed on the airplane. No, just- they were not smoking weed. I think they had it all within every pocket and crevice within their body and their, their bags but that is beyond our wheelhouse of having to work or do but this monkey this this individual to be politically correct they stood up as we were taking off and the individuals traveling with they started clapping and like howling and getting all into it and just starts twerking while we're taking off I mean, you asked me, what's the craziest story? There will always be another crazy story. It, it never surprises us. There's always something more that we're going to see that you may or not want to see. So yeah. as, as you're uh, climbing, which is yes. not, you're not allowed we're, to the get wheels, up. The wheels are not even off the ground yet, Sam. <laughs> on the runway. On the runway, taking we're off. Twerking on the Twer- runway. Twerking on the runway. Any particular reason or just a, just an inner desire to I, move past? just had to laugh at at that point i was yelling sit down sit down there was no stopping this twerk effect oh my god you're like i hope you don't hit your head so have you ever had to like break up a fight or return to the gate because there was some nonsense like that would always freak me out to be in such an enclosed area with a volatile human being uh yeah we have those and what's nice is that unlike the agents that are at the airport we have the federal rules behind us so, and we have the, the cockpit or flight deck and we tell them just the facts, we don't get emotional. And then they have the final ruling of, do we want to land the airplane or do we want to continue on? And can we diffuse the situation? So, um, is there But that's way- why if there's a situation on the gate or on the ground, you go back to the gate and you get them off because it's a lot less ex- uh, expensive and um, affecting other passengers and their livelihoods with where they need to get to go to. So does every plane have a fire marshal or an air marshal? Not every airplane. And a lot of times they're secretive where we don't know about it. And there are also times where we do know, and they can sit in the front, they can sit in the back. They could actually just be roaming around in the airport where they're watching people. Interesting. See, I think that's, I always think about bridesmaids. Remember? (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. That that um, what was that movie with Denzel Washington where the plane was uh, going down? Oh, and upside down. Over. Yeah. How realistic is that? It's true. You can do it. A plane. Air, the airplanes that we have right now, the modern ones, can really take on a lot. Um, you can actually. I tell people that are fearful of flying, especially friends, to go and watch YouTube videos about what an airplane is capable of. And Do you ever also, get scared when you're up there and it gets crazy? I only got scared my first couple, one time, my first few years of flying because I was thinking of becoming a pilot. And when there was zero radar and we were following the Potomac River into Washington, D.C. with just enough fuel for one go around, that's when I realized I did not want to be a pilot because I didn't want to be in charge of all those people's lives for making a human mistake. 
Yeah. Did you see on the news too this morning that there was a guy, I think he was in Bahamas on a little Cessna and the pilot passed out or something happened. And so this, they took control and were able to land the plane, which I don't, I mean, how aviation's come so far in, you know, 20 years. I mean, in the older, thir- you know, 60s and stuff, those planes weren't able to do that. Like I, don't they do, are I don't do small planes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say when Trevor and I went on our honeymoon, we flew into Miami and then we took a private jet from Miami to an island that we had our, um, our honeymoon. And the first officer within the one week on our honeymoon graduated to the captain. So I don't do small planes. And I was white knuckling the whole time. They're like, you're the flight attendant. And I'm like, yeah, I like big birds. Big <laughs> birds. Story on the news, and, and I heard a little bit of the recording between him and the tower, the, the passenger of the tower. I don't know who this guy was, but calm as a cucumber, like just he was in there shock. Was no, there was no, um, there was no insanity, no stress in his voice, just very calm. Like, uh, hey, uh, the pilot uh, seems to be having some issues, and just you know, I don't know how to fly a plane. And, yeah. and then it was literally like, how do I, when I get it on the ground, how do I, I don't know how to stop it. What do I, I mean, just calm. I, like, like he was asking for a, a tall latte with vanilla. Isn't I it mean, amazing, Stacy, how people can listen and behave when they need to? It's remarkable. <laughs> I want to know who that guy was, but, um, you know, Jessica, I, I, I know your educational background is in um, child, child development. And I have to believe that that has come very much in handy in your job as a flight attendant for 22 years. So, uh, um, I, I agree with that, but I also think a little bit of sick humor and good friends and co-working help, helps with that. Yeah, we were, we were talking about that. Like, are, are you guys, I mean, all the flight attendants seem pretty friendly and happy and, you know, we don't all like all of our co-workers, but I mean, do you do they generally like, do you guys generally like each other for the most part? Do you, do you see the same people on, on flights like every few days or do you go weeks without seeing coworkers? All of the above. We have large bases and small bases and I work at one of the smaller ones. And so we call ourselves a family. And yes, of course, there's always a few that you would put on a no-fly list if you could, but other, <laughs> but other people do like them. I, I enjoy because of the child development and psychology, I kind of get a kick out of learning about people and what makes them the way that they are and what makes them tick. And, um, usually if you give people patience, just like any work there, you will come around and they'll be more compatible with you with working. And, um, I think also it sets the mood. Like you were asking Sam is what, as a passenger, can you do to be a better passenger? And if a passenger comes on and brings like a bag of chocolates, whether or not we eat chocolates or can't have candy, that makes, that just sets the tone for, and no matter what is happening on the flight, you just walk by that person or that family. And it just, it gives you a little sense of warmth and happiness. And so that really does help. So what are the things, because Fleece actually on our flights had some chocolate and I'd never heard of that before. And the flight attendants were so happy and they were, they became our buddies. Yeah. Um, you usually get are, freebies too that way. <laughs> yeah. Like they were taking care of us. Uh-huh. What, what do flight attendants like? Like what are things that we could gift you guys when we're getting ready for a flight? Like chocolate, nuts? 
No, we got plenty of nuts. Okay. Uh, <laughs> more no ways than one. No pretzels, no goldfish. <laughs> no, um, like a $5 gift card. There's usually a crew of four or five. So just have our gift card to Starbucks because we can always use coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, just a small bag of chocolate. Um, Just say eye contact and please and thank you. It means everything. Uh, When we ask, would you like a drink? Not going down the entire menu. Be ready. (laughs) Be ready. I, I don't mind. Some people get upset when you go, would you like to have coffee? And they go, yes. And then you go, well, how do you take it? And they're like, just coffee. And then they come back and they, you know, tap like, no, no, none of this, no pinching, no, uh, don't touch my booty. It's, it's for my husband, not for you. Um, <laughs> do people you know. touch your butt? That would drive- Oh yes, I guess. Really? Yes. Um, <gasps> I, I usually on the night flights, if you're asleep, I put down a, a napkin on either your leg or someplace where it's not like I tried to fondle you. And I just, just so that way, when I pass them one row, they don't go, you skip me I'm like, no, there's a napkin there. What can I get for you? You know, you just be prepared. Just, you know, it's not rocket science. I love the job. I just, it's just trying to keep everybody at peace. <laughs> Here's a good one. Have you ever had to break up a mile high club experience? Um, there was one that was making people uncomfortable. They were uh, a little intoxicated and it was going, it was a shorter flight actually, but it was late at night and there was a little bit of a hand movements underneath the blanket and the person sitting in their row was not comfortable. Come on, oh, did, come did on. someone in their row? But I used to, we used to have this, well, we still do, where you can work with your same coworker on a month to month basis. So you're always working with basically a friend Mm -hmm. and we used to only work first class. I try to only work coach now because I can just be in the back. I don't have to say hello and goodbye a thousand times to everybody with earbuds and their hair over the earbuds. So I can't even tell if they can hear me or not. Um, Again, eye contact is very appreciated by flight attendants. Um, But we we would actually bring back champagne. If we saw a couple, they've already done the dirty deed. It's absolutely (laughs) disgusting, the thought of it. So we'd be like, all right, just bring them champagne. Tell them that's your rowdy fun for you're done. (laughs) (laughs) You have have to have fun. Mile high club reward, who knew? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) No. What are you gonna do? The deed is done, land a plane, come on. Right? I mean, they probably got herpes just being in the bathroom. Seriously, those bathrooms are not great. So being in first class, you've probably seen a lot of famous people. Have they been kind? Are they nice or or nicer than the average bear? Just like the average bear, um, you really learn a lot about someone in travel, right? (laughs) Just like when you're traveling with your spouse or children. Or friends. Or or friends. Or friends. Stacey, earmuffs. Um, (laughs) and and how they handle travel yes um some are just amazing and then I've had a few old-time actresses that I really had admired and kind of let me down and others I thought that would be blah and they were really fun and came up to the to the first class galley and wanted to take pictures they mean they wanted their privacy but you know it's it's just you, you never know until you have them on board 
when do you uh you do red eyes like do this do five toes sleep on red eye, red eyes no it all depends on the length of flight and what the uh federal how regulation long does the flight have are. to be before you get to sleep or I, let believe, me I believe how it's seven or seven or eight hours but it also and, depends on the contract of the and how airlines. long does the flight have to be where you have two crews that have to switch off because the flight's too long you don't have a full two crews. You usually no. have a couple extra flight attendants and then they swap out through seniority or um, different levels of service, meaning the timing, depending if it's an international or domestic flight. Usually you don't take crew rest unless it's an international flight. So here's something I just learned and I don't know if all airlines are switching over, but you guys don't get paid until that door shuts. Technically we get paid about a dollar to $2. Until so, the door shuts. And right. then so if we're the sitting door... there with a mechanical for two or three hours and we board and deep plane three times, I have not gotten paid until the break. Which is totally the break is bullshit. 23 total... years of that. Yeah. Who, who signed, who said that was made any sense? The rail, the railroad act. Huh. But are they, are they trying to like fight that? Or I know some airlines are trying to get rid of it. Um, one of the big carriers, let's just say that, who's in the media right now, they have they turned that over, but they're not getting their full salary, but they're getting a part of it. And the other the other carriers, different. They're not one unit, but there's different unions, and so they're trying to turn that over. And depending on what contract negotiations they're in and the timing is, they're trying to figure that out. So there's hope, but that's a that's big so chunk stupid. of money. Yeah, that's so <laughs> and, dumb. And it's such a like lame ass, like execution of humanity, watching people get on and off a frigging airplane. I don't know what people do. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I sit there every time and I'm like, just sit down, Joshua, sit down. <laughs> well, and those are some of our pet peeves and some of our most wonderful moments is that when you see a, an individual help a little old lady or man or uh, a disability of some sort with getting their bag down that we see that. And it makes us so happy to see those moments, especially if we can't get to them to help. But then when you see people that are pulling their bag out and almost hitting somebody else, no matter who each individual is, it's just like, come on, like, let's, let's be kind, human kindness. You're almost there. You're, you're both getting off at the same time. Can you wait two more seconds and help each other out? So it's, it's amazing how that's polar opposites of the spectrum of personalities. Well, and also the people that like Fleece and I just, we were, we didn't have a flight and it was just a disaster. So we were at like literally the back of the bus, last on, last off. And these people get up and they're like smooshing by us, like. Hey. Entitled. <laughs> they literally are in the last row, the very last row, we're 45 of the plane. So we land, the seatbelt light goes off. And they get up and go down the aisle. Like, I don't, where did they think they were going? I mean, <laughs> that's maybe, always my maybe question. Maybe to row 42. <laughs> I don't like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't. I, the only time that makes sense to me is when someone has a very tight connection. And I always very much appreciate it when the flight attendants come on, if we're running late or whatever, and say, hey, there's a lot of people on this flight with a connection. If you don't have one, you please just stay in your seat for a minute let these people off so they can make their flight and then god when people do it isn't it wonderful amazing. <laughs> it's like it's oh like, my gosh there's kindness all the time <laughs> yeah crazy uh jessica are the pilots nice 
For the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not too muchissimo. Like, and there's a lot of lady pilots now. I will uh, say, I see them. The first woman and the first black uh, pilots have had full careers and have retired within 10 years ago, over 10 years ago. So yeah, way to go, ladies. Way <laughs> to go, ladies. So the whole purpose of the Inspired podcast is to talk about wonderful women that are out there doing amazing things. And I think that your job, Jessica, as a flight attendant and having such a large career in the industry is something that is very inspiring and admirable because it's one of those jobs that like, I don't want to say that we, we take it for granted, but I do think we take it for granted. And many of us don't really understand, you know, the importance of your role because it is to keep us safe up there in the air and, you know, make sure that we aren't twerking at takeoff <laughs> or, or ODing on whatever ungodly substance or we've got our hands on. Putting out fires in the lavatory. Cause you tried to sneak a cigarette and didn't realize you could bring down a fire, an airplane. No, yeah. No, that oh, happened. <laughs> that happens. really happened. It happens. Oh, That's why we're firefighters too. That's exhausting. You are a little bit of everything. Yeah kind of a Jill of all trades. So with one minute left, being that you are in the travel industry, I'm assuming you get to travel as often as, or maybe not as much because you've got little people in your life, but in probably your past life, where's the coolest place you've been and what's your favorite airport? Ooh, Um, well, it sounds funny, but one of my favorite airports for sitting around is Miami for the people watching. Fabulous. And good food. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite places to go, I really enjoyed Norway, um, both in the summer and in the winter. Good to know. Good to know. Well, everyone, what were you going to say, Stace? It's on my short list. I know. We'll have to add that to the list of travels. Uh, Jessica, we, we thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Um, after spending uh, 19 hours uh, at <laughs> multiple airports uh, just two days ago with Stacy by my side, we, uh, we saw our flight attendants working hard and we appreciate them and you um, and everyone else up there in the air keeping us safe. Uh, so next time you guys are boarding a flight or getting uh, your travel bug going, make sure you put a little something extra in your bag and make eye contact and say hello to your air staff. And with that, everybody get out there, book some flights, be inspired and have a great week.